Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR, producer Amber here. It is that time of year when you get to hear my voice instead of Bobby and Alex, but that is because today is our Realtor Storytime episode. So if you're a longtime listener and you know that we usually do these episodes at the end of the year... What we do is throughout the year, whenever we have a Realtor guest on, we like to ask them to share with us their craziest story in their career in real estate, whatever that may be, but we hold their answers for this episode. So you're going to get to hear some crazy stories from all of our Realtor guests that we've had throughout all of 2022. So the one that I want to start with today is from our 2022 KAR president, Andrew Mall. The reason that this is the one I want to start with is because, you know, of all of the wild and crazy things that realtors see on a day-to-day, some of them being legitimately terrifying, um, this one is one of my worst nightmares. And I am just very... grateful that it did not happen to me, but unfortunately it did happen to Andrew. So here is Andrew Mall with his crazy story. Craziest real estate story off the cuff. Yes, that's the best part of this. So I will say, so I've shown a lot of homes. Uh, I would say I've had a lot of craziness um, because I've shown a lot of homes and condos. But I would say the craziest that comes to mind and always does is I was uh, at the Ravello, which was a brand at the time was a brand new ground up condo uh, building uh, north of the river in Briarcliff. Mm-hmm. I was uh, the in-house marketing director for the developer. And so I was there from day one. Right. So construction, so on, and so forth. So long story short, uh, we're basically done with the building, right? And I'm doing tours and I have someone that is absolutely interested. We had seen just about everything in the building was ready, ready to go. Right. We get in the elevator it's only four stories and between the fourth and third level, the elevator stops. Well, because when you're kind of the first person on the site, you're usually the only person on site. Uh, and you know, at that time of the day, all the construction, I believe it's actually the weekend. So I think all the construction workers had gone home. So, uh, you know, at first it was light and cheery. Um, I, you know, I can certainly carry on a, a light conversation for a little while. At about the 52 minute mark, um, when I was uh, watching my watch, uh, I said, so uh, how do you feel about the, the, you know, the building? Is it something that you can, would consider? And she just shot me a look that I, I knew the answer immediately. Uh, luckily, uh, at that point, I'd been pressing the uh, alert button on the on the elevator forever. Finally, someone calls us back and they say, we, we're sending the fire department. So at about the hour and 15 minute mark, uh, the uh, fire department had had to break open the doors. Oh, my and God. We had to crawl from between the third and fourth floor up to the fourth floor. <laughs> like Needless you see in the movies, say, you get to crawl through the space. Yes. Yeah, so we had to, you know, crawl up. They had to all Love it. These guys with their hatchets and axes and yeah yes. so uh very it, it was interesting and I, I don't think i've ever seen that person again nor did, did they buy a condo <laughs> well i certainly do not blame that buyer for not wanting to purchase a property in that particular building i can't even imagine like g- getting stuck in an elevator like that no way 
I would never be able to trust that elevator again. I'd be like, I don't want to live in this building with these faulty elevators when who knows, it might've been, you know, properly repaired. Maybe it never even happened again, but yeah, no, there's no, no going back after something like that happens. Um, so if you've listened to these story times in, in past years, you probably know we get quite a few animal stories. As I was looking over the stories that we have for this episode, um, we surprisingly, I don't think have any animal stories, but what we do have is quite a few stories about working with family members. Um, one of the most exciting of which comes from Lee Brown, and I won't give anything away just yet, but you'll hear, you'll hear, um, um, Lee share her story and why it's a, a bit of a unique circumstance. So here is Lee Brown. Tell us your craziest story in real estate. Okay, well, it's actually kind of personal because my cousin killed his wife. And so all of this went down and regardless, you know, he pled guilty, went to jail. He's still in jail now. And for the record, he found Jesus and is now chaplain, even though he'll never get out of jail. So he had to sell his house. And so my uncle called me and he said, we're going to have to sell Danny's house. And I said, all right. So I listed it and we, every showing we had, the next door neighbor would come over and say, don't buy this house. Y'all don't know what happened here. And she would proceed to tell them everything that happened. And so I finally went over to the neighbor and I said, sister, I'm trying to get you a new neighbor. You need to shut it down. And she's like, well, they have the right to know. I said, do you want it to sit here empty any longer? And she finally stopped and we got the house under contract. So the lady buying it was in her mid fifties and she was single. So we're at the closing table in North Carolina, you know, we're all that happy at the friends at the closing and she's with her agent across the table. I'm sitting here with uncle Warren and we were just, you know, sharing some information and the lady finally signed everything. And she looked over and she said, I want to know what happened. And so Uncle Warren told her the whole story and she sat back and she said, I wish I'd have done that to my ex-husband. <laughs> and the attorney about died and the other agent's jaw hits the table. Uncle Warren and I just died laughing and she bought that house happy as a clam and she hadn't moved since and we were, we knew the buyer agent and the attorney were totally afraid she was going to walk away at that moment but that was hilarious and it was just one of those moments but that's also why I tend not to represent family because not not everybody in my family has killed their crazy wives but in, in that case if Danny waited three more months he would still be able to come to the reunion but instead we have to do FaceTime. <laughs> And speaking of murder, our next story comes from Jeff Carson, a story also about working with family members and also potentially has something in common with Lee's story. Let's give it a listen. Craziest story in real estate, Jeff. Well, right now it's dealing with my dad. I mean, he had a, <laughs> he had a medical episode and I'm, I've, I had the unfortunate experience to find out that he was a closeted hoarder and oh uh, so I, I feel like you will all see me on next season's uh, hoarders buried alive uh, but it will be followed over by the dateline crossover event why adult children kill their parents and um, so wow we are we are really just uh, this isn't recording anymore oh yes we are still it is. recording so it is. great well then I guess you can introduce the evidence at trial um, but no it's it's been quite a it's been quite a deal so he's uh, he's cantankerous and that's how I know he's feeling better is because he's uh, uh, getting more cranky with me as he's 
watches his uh, balance and his checking account go down as I pay the handyman to fix this and the uh, plumbers to fix that. And uh, so he's not going to recognize his home when he comes back. So, and I don't know if that's going to be a good uh, reaction or not. We'll, we'll, we will have to see. Are you just seeing a preview of yourself in like 25 years, Jeff? Is that, no, is that what's I, happening? I am seeing what I am not going to do to my children. I, matter of fact, every time I come out of our basement now, I'm bringing something up that's going out to the trash. No, I, I, I grew up with it. I knew this was going to happen. I just uh, didn't know to what extent, but no, I will make sure this does not happen. So. I love it. That's what, you know what people always ask me, like I turned out so differently than my mom, my dad and my stepmom. And I was like, I saw exactly what I didn't want to do growing right. up. Like I was rebellious, but I was rebellious towards being a good kid. Like that was, that was my rebellion. Yeah, no, I, the, the struggle is real. And every once in a while, my, my wife will turn and call me, you know, John Edward or something like that. And then I, I usually smack myself and say, okay, you're right. That's exactly something that he mm -hmm. might've said. So I will, yeah. yeah. Okay. Working on it every day. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm recovering. <laughs> you're recovering from your family. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, if you're listening to this, I hope to never see you on Dateline, which actually is probably a sure bet because I do not watch Dateline. But uh, next we have another story about working with one's father. This comes from Rach the Realtor, as she's known on TikTok and social media, which is what we talked to her about on her episode. But her real name is Rachel Ferguson, and she will share her craziest story, which also involves working with her dad. And I've only been in it a year too. So like I am new I to this game. So let me think. But there still can be some crazy stuff that's happened in the last year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every single day. That's why it's like, it all runs together. My mentors, they're like, you ha have the craziest things I've ever heard of. And we've been doing this mm -hmm. for a combined 60 years. Like what on earth? You know, everybody does when they first start. I mean, it, it's funny having done this for a long time now, over 30 years, sometimes it's the new people that they get themselves into such pickles. And I just, it's, mm -hmm. and on one hand, it's funny. And then you're trying to help them out of it and trying to figure a way out of this mess yeah. they've made. But yeah, so you're, you're not alone. No, I've been doing this since I was eight and I still experience new things every day that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've experienced everything in real estate and nope, that happened. Well, yeah. and that's the truth. I walk, I've walked away from transactions last month that's never going to happen. Or I cannot believe I allowed that to have Jeff, you're too smart to have allowed something like that to go around. I'd say that, but okay. Oh, hey, you do beat yourself up. I mean, I do so bad. Even yeah. if it's like, could I have controlled that? No, but right. I think I could have like, right. Yeah. Okay. This is the one I'll go with. <clears throat> so I was working with my dad. Every real estate nightmare story starts with those words, right? <laughs> I was working with a close family member. Uh, and it was a contingent sale. So selling his house, buying another one, the buyers on have his house. We, so it's domino effect. We find out literally hours before closing. I just had this feeling. I was like, I better just call this buyer's agent and just make sure everything's good. So I call and like, Hey, all good to close. And then it's like silence for like 30 minutes. And I was like, uh Oh, and then no, we're not good to close. We have a gift fund. So it's, it's like a couple that's buying the house, but they're not married. So one has to have a gift letter from the other. And this was a 45 day transaction. Somehow this was not caught until the day of closing. It so happens. We're talking moving trucks and driveways, other sellers of that house having to wait. It was, oh, it was a nightmare, nightmare. But 
we, we got through it. It was not pretty. We got everything closed. Everyone got in their respective houses and nothing, no one died, <laughs> but it was very stressful. And of course it's my own dad that it happens yeah. to. So yeah. that was a rough one. <laughs> the, the ones yeah. you want to go the smoothest are the ones that you hit. And then you feel so bad because it, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, real estate will take its toll on you. I mean, look at me. I'm 27 years old. I mean, it's it's a rough job. It is a rough job. Our next story is from Chicago Realtor Tommy Choi. It's definitely a wild one, but first I'm going to share a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump right into Tommy's story. Have you heard of Cutco Closing Gifts? Well, Cutco is pretty much the Rolex of the kitchen, and what they do is turn their products into marketing tools by engraving them with your name, number, and logo on the product itself, turning your closing gifts into branding tools. And we know Realtors are great at two things, client acquisition and client conversion. However, they can sometimes struggle with client retention. So the idea with Cutco is by engraving your info, your name will be in front of them for 10, 20, 30 years. So they'll have a way to contact you if they have a referral or whenever they need to buy or sell again. And we both know that NAR says that only about 8% of clients ever use the same Realtor twice. And when we ask them why, it's because they could not remember their realtor's name. So this is designed to help your clients always remember you because it's engraved with your information. Also, it's a full tax write-off because it has your info engraved. 100% tax deductible as advertising, and it's just easy to use. You have a supply to last you a couple months, so when you have a closing, you just grab, give, and done. That's it. No more stressing about closing gifts anymore. Visit CutcoClosingGifts.com for more information. So I had a client, and this was actually recent, okay, who is an investor. And so I've helped, you know, with like two flat, three, three flat multifamily uh, buildings that you rent out, right? And he calls me last year and says oh my gosh you'll never guess what happened at this property i'm like what so top this is a two-unit building top floor unit three-bedroom apartment okay um maybe like 1900 bucks which in chicago that that means um straight out of college so it's going to be a sorority house or fraternity house okay so three three girls straight out of college uh, renting, living there. And, you know, he said like, you know, they would call me, um, and say like, Hey, things were like missing or moved around. Did you send like a maintenance person or did you stop by the property? And he's like, no, no one's been there. Like, I think your roommates are just doing whatever. And then like the calls would be, Hey, we think there's like, um, like a squirrel or some sort of like rodent or something above. Cause in the ceilings we hear like little noises and he's just like, okay, like I can try and send someone out there. Like, you know, whatnot, let me know if this, the noise, you know, happens and it would be like sporadic. And he says, Hey, the police call and there's an issue at the building. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Well, you know, March when, you know, 
every, the world was like shutting down Chicago, right? We had a, a shelter in place order and everyone was working home, right? Virtually doing their Zooms and whatnot. And while they were all home, they started to hear more of those rodent squirrel noises upstairs. And they're like, what the freak is going on? And this thing sounded more like he said, like, they're like, it might be a raccoon. It's like huge or a possum. He's like, I don't think they climb trees and whatnot. So they're just like trying to follow the noise in the ceiling and whatnot. And one of the roommates, she's like, hey, in my closet, there's like a little cutout hole that I think goes, there must be an attic above, right? Because it's a framed roof building. And so they get up on like step ladder, chair, whatnot, pop open the top, pop their head open, and they're making direct eye contact with somebody. Scream, drop the thing, run out of the house, call 911. There was a person living in their attic, okay? And when they would go to work, he would come down, shower, use the bathroom, sometimes eat. And that's why things were getting moved around. And they just blamed each other for it. Don't touch my groceries. This guy apparently was the tenant from before, had like nowhere to go, lost his job, and set up shop in the attic when the unit was vacant before it turned over and had run like um, extension cords through some of the closets. So there was power. There was a mattress. He could charge his phone. Crazy. That is, that is the craziest story ever. And now whenever that's added to our checklist now, <laughs> when we take over properties is <laughs> if it's top floor and it's, there's an attic. We got to check the attic for squatters. Oh my um, God. <laughs> I think that's up there with one of the craziest stories we've heard. Like we found and, dead people before, but not living people in attics. So living people are scarier than dead people. Much scarier than dead people. So, <laughs> and this All dude right. was doing it for like six, seven months. Wow. It's crazy. It's insane. And obviously he was never like actually leaving the property. He was, I mean, coming down, but then going right back up. Like he just... No, they, so the, the, so when the, the police took like, you know, formal, whatever complaint and like, got sorry, he said that he would leave to like do stuff. And he just knew, he knew their schedule during the week. And then on the weekends, he would just lock himself in there for 48 hours. It's so That's insane. It's so creepy. Okay. What I, I, I'm actually speechless. I don't even know what to say to that. So. Okay, I'm adding the Alex. You gonna add that to the checklist for your agents to check the attic now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pretty scary story for those homeowners. I'm still debating though, which is which story is scarier, that one or the stuck in an elevator story? Because honestly, they're both pretty terrifying. Our next story comes from Dennis Curtin. You may know him as the founder of Mimi's Pantry. He's won quite a few awards for that. Um, but his story also involves trespassing, just maybe not in the way that you would think. Let's give it a listen. Probably the funniest one was uh, back in the day, we all used to go out on tour. And uh, I had about uh, 20 agents with me. And I'll, that agent will name, uh, remain unnamed. So some of you may know this person. And uh, 
this person always had a habit of, you know, cutting out of tour. And unbeknownst to me, because, uh, you know, you get seven or eight, 10 cars, you really don't know who's, you, know, you kind of lose track of people after a while. And so next thing you know, there's a, um, I'll call him Joe. It wasn't Joe, but I'll say Joe was out and he's missing. And so we're trying to figure out where did he go? So I'm the broker and, I, you know, that's, we get back off to everybody their lunch and everybody headed out. And I end up getting a call about 4.30 that afternoon from a guy over in Grace Moore. And he said, hey, I, I got a small problem. I said, uh, what's the problem? He says, uh, I have about 20 business cards on my kitchen. And I don't know how, I don't know why you guys were in my house. And I said, well, tell me what's going on. He said, I'm in night, I, I have a night shift. I was sleeping in my bedroom. I had a front door was open and you guys have obviously toured my house while I was sleeping. And I was apologetic and I thought, oh my God, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, I call, next thing you know, I get a contract across my desk that later that afternoon, it's on this guy's house. And the fellow that, um, that cut out on me, I'll say, call him Joe, Joe cuts out, he writes a contract on the guy's house, gets a buyer's signature. And now, not, now I've got the situation where I've got a buyer who thinks he's bought a house that's not listed. And I have a very irate homeowner who's had 20 people prayed around while he's sleeping in his bedroom. So that's one of the craziest ones that I, and I got out of, wow. I got out of both. I got out of it. I talked my way out of it and I calmed everybody <laughs> down, but uh, yeah, that, that's just one of the, I'll never forget that. Those, that afternoon was the craziest, one of the craziest afternoons I've ever spent. Yeah. I think, I think uh, trespassing and not getting arrested is pretty good. So, uh, yeah. That guy must have been a hard sleeper because I don't know how you could sleep through 20 realtors trudging through your house, but he did. Our next story is from our MR CEO, Miss Brianna Vanstrom. So this one, it left me with some questions. So... Let's jump into it. This is Brianna Vanstrom with her crazy story. Oh man, I have a lot. Let me think. What's what's the craziest? Okay, well, here's the one that just popped into my head. Okay. So I was asked to help out an agent to do a showing for them. They just needed to take their buyer through something and got there. And um the there was a gentleman working on, you know, packing up his car out front. And I said, Oh, okay, sounds good. I said, Hey, I'm just here for the showing, headed in. And he goes, Okay, well, just so you know. Um, my grandson is uh, in the house sleeping. And so just, just a heads up, don't go in that world. I was like, oh, no, not a problem. So we go in the house, but the TV was on full blast and there was bacon cooking at the same time on the stove. Um, and then when I left, the gentleman was not there. So um, I instantly called the uh, listing agent. I said, you better come over to this house right now. I don't know what's going on. There was no kid there. So I think they were just trying to make sure we didn't go in certain rooms. So I'm not sure who this individual was, but uh, that was a little crazy. And uh, the buyers and I got out of there real quick. So we didn't know quite what was going on. Um, but that's always, that was a little interesting one. So you just never know what you're going to run into. I mean, you always run into the home with sleeping people and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that was probably the craziest where I was like, I don't know what's happening in this situation right now. We're going to just go ahead and, and, and be safe and, and head out of here. But I did let the listing agent know they might want to come right on over. 
So was the bacon still cooking by itself the entire time? I did turn the stove off. So I was like, this feels dangerous. So I at least, I at least turned the stove off before I left. <laughs> it's kind of like when you come in a house and there's candles lit everywhere and you're like, I can't leave this house with candles on. I'm not okay with that. Like let's blow the candles out and we'll walk around and do that. So yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it was just an interesting situation, but uh, we, we handled it the best we could. <laughs> Sometimes these stories leave me with more questions than answers. Like, okay, so the guy didn't want her to go into a certain room, so he claimed that there was someone sleeping in there. But that doesn't explain why they left unattended bacon cooking on the stove. So I guess that's a question we will never have answered. (laughs) Our next story is from Brian Copeland. He was actually kind enough to share two stories with us, so you will get to hear both of those. Let's jump in. I mean, how rated can I be on this one? You can be as rated as you want to be. You could just... As long okay, as we don't get the okay, red X. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to think if, I go, if I want to go G or if I want to go NC-17. Go NC-17. Do it. Oh, we'll take a red X. Y'all, there's so many. <laughs> okay. I listed a house with a sex dungeon. Yes. And my co-listing agent was a 90-year-old lady. And the guy was giving me a tour of the house. And when we walked into the sex dungeon, I just kind of held her back behind the door because I felt bad. Her name's Margaret, of all people. You don't take Margaret into a sex dungeon. So poor little Margaret just had to stand outside of the whips and chains, y'all. And I just, yeah, so that was my most, that's my NC-17 story. And if you heard that, then they mean they kept it in. If not, here's the edit. They edited into my G story. So my G story is... I had buyers once where the husband would only buy a home on a street that had more vowels in the name than consonants in it. And his wife was allergic to Wi-Fi. As we started, Jesus take the wheel. It was something else. So those are maybe (laughs) one or two stories based off what you heard, the G or the NC-17. I'm pretty sure both of them are going to make its way in the podcast because those are awesome stories. (laughs) Sorry. Disclaimer. (laughs) Poor Margaret. I'm also wishing that he had shared a little bit more about the woman who was, quote, allergic to Wi-Fi. Um, Not exactly sure how that manifests, but alas, we'll never know. So our final story is another one where it's kind of like... um, like a few mini stories put together. And I thought it would be a nice, relatively mellow one to go out on. So this is our final story from Josh Wells. Here it is. What's your craziest, best, favorite story in real estate? Oh, I've had a few. I've done some really low price point stuff when I first started. I took everything. So I have a couple. I, I went to a listing appointment one time where they had a grass roof and that was down in Belton. That was interesting. Yeah. And when I came out, there was police cars flying around. They were trying to chase someone. So that was good. Um, we, we had this poor intern. We had this intern with us for a while and it was kind of coming to the end. And it was like, you know, we need to keep him busy. Well, I had some showings at that time at some apartments downtown. And I said, come with me. We'll go take a look. This poor kid had never gone to a show and never done anything real estate related. And when we leave, I looked down and 
from our knees down, covered in fleas between us. And I'm like, I am so sorry about that. <laughs> like, so that was rough. And then the final one, I had this one listing where there was a gun enthusiast who was an agent who went to one of the showings. It was vacant. And he called me up and said, hey, have you been to that house recently? I'm like, no. He goes, yeah, uh, someone shot up the house with an AK-47. I'm like, oh, okay. And when I got pictures from it, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. So those are just a few, yeah. Mm -hmm. You get around long enough, you get so many stories. And it's like, I just can't tell one story. I've got to tell oh, lots of stories. We so. say we should write a book about it and get all the agents' ideas and just put yep. them in one book. It'd be great. Yep. <laughs> you know, on second thought... <laughs> When I said his was a mellow story, you know, I was thinking a little bit more about, oh, a cute kind of interesting property with a grass roof. How wacky. <laughs> I might have been forgetting about the, the property that was um, shot up. That was a little bit less mellow, but hope it was at least an exciting one uh, for us to finish up this episode on. If you have any interesting stories to share, we'd love to hear them. Um, I don't know that we would get enough to put in a book like Josh was saying in that last one, but we'd love to see them. And if they are, if they're, if they're to the, to the wacky, crazy level of some of these stories, you might just hear them on our next story time episode. We might read them out for y'all. So if you have a crazy story that you'd like to share with us, email that to realtalk at kcrar.com. Other than that, that's all I have for you guys. Um, be sure to subscribe to Kansas City Real Talk on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you haven't left us a review, and if you like our show, go ahead and rate it five stars. If you don't like it, then I uh, don't even know that why you would be this far into this episode. But um, you can still give it five stars if you'd like, <laughs> but yeah, that would really help us out. So, um, we're going to take a break like we usually do around this time of year. So normally we would be back two weeks from now, but we are going to take that day off and then we'll be back on January 11th. So we will see you in the new year or more like you will hear from us in the new year. Uh, we'll be back on January 11th. Thanks for listening. Bye.